so it's been a lot of news about this uh, Apple, Facebook, privacy, ads, ads tracking, Instagram, Facebook stuff. And originally, it seemed like it was going to be uh, a, na a nail in a coffin of the likes of Facebook and Instagram who relied on some level of knowing who you are in order to hit you with the ad that's going to be effective that you're going to click on, etc. Mm-hmm. And then there was a follow-up where Zuckerberg was like, eh, we'll figure it out. We'll get this sorted out. And I don't know how he thought he was going to get it sorted out, but in this recent iOS update, uh, it, it's notifying you about everything. Any little apps trying to do anything, it's notifications uh, out of control. It's mm -hmm. telling you, hey, it's uh, do you want to allow this app to track you? And we covered it on this show, how the prompt is, in, in my opinion, it was a little bit more gentle than I had imagined it would be. Mm -hmm. Like it could have been phrased in such a way where it said, this app is uh, tracking your behavior and sharing your information with other applications. Would you like to stop it? Mm -hmm. In which case everybody clicks yes. But it yes. was a little bit more open-ended than that where it said this may improve. It actually implied that it, it may change the ads that you see. And I thought, okay, that little detail, Apple didn't have to do that. And seeing that detail in there, maybe there's a life for the ad uh, tracking business mm -hmm. for the likes of Instagram and things like this. And for those who want just a quick recap, but essentially how these operate is through uh, analyzing your behavior around the web and then transacting in your information, they're able to predict the things you might want to buy. And then when you're scrolling Instagram, obviously it's like, oh, hey, Willie do, here's a, a snowboard. Mm -hmm. Or here's a toy for the dog over there. Yes. By the way, it's a no bark show today. We'll I talk, see. Uh, no, I talked to Otis before. Yeah. I talked to Otis before the show. We came to uh, an agreement. You sat him down? I did. I said, uh, today's a day. It's a no bark show. And he gave, he gave me the, you know, he kind of looked up at me and I feel it was a connection. Okay. Well, so yeah. just wanted to give everybody a heads up on that. It's really quite an achievement. Anyway, yeah. anyway, so maybe it's a toy, it's a ball, one of those launchers, chuck it launchers. You guys are, that could, they know, they would know you were using that. Of course. Yeah. And then you would get another one. They're like, Hey, you need another one of these. Mm -hmm. Here's a 10 pack. It's yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, that Chuck It company is out of control. <laughs> Man, yeah. Because they got so many different styles now. Yeah, glow-in-the-dark, choke-free. Whistling. whistling it's different like, colors, materials. I, ne I never would have thought you can make so many different. Yeah. You feel like the dogs even care that much? No. No, they just chase whatever one you launch. Sure, yeah. But the launcher is good. Yes. Well, you can just get the stock one. It's fine. Even though as a... Dog owners, we like to think, oh, this next one is the, they're going to have the most fun with that one. The latest and greatest. Yeah. It's, uh, anyway, so Willie do gets these type of ads. And for the most part, to be clear, for the most part, you don't mind. You're like, eh, all right. But then on the other side of it, if you really dig into it and you look at the information that's being uh, collected on you, then you start to feel uncomfortable. You're like, oh man, that much information? Like yeah. if it gets too specific, then you're like, hey, easy. Uh -huh. You know, all of a sudden it's advertising uh, 
yeah, you 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 got a, a dry spot on your front lawn. Yeah, and like, and hey. you never even looked it up or anything, and then and then the ad comes up. It's for like the fertilizer. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, hey, Will, uh, got a dry spot in your lawn, and you're like, I look outside, I'm just like, oh, you're looking around. You didn't even know there's a you dry spot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so people get stressed out. They're like, man, I don't know. There's something that just feels off about it. But mm. anyway, point being, Apple puts it in there. They, uh give you this warning and we have some data now coming back to us about how people are interacting with these warnings and this is very interesting and showcases individuals impression relationship with being tracked and now given the prompt what their reaction is and so i don't know what you would have thought this number would be but the amount of people in the united states Opt-in rate after iOS 14.5 launch. Opt-in rate. That means it's okay. Keep tracking me. 4%. Mm. 4%. 96% of that business in the U.S. dried up. Because it's like, it's for the average person, hey, you want to be tracked all the time? Yeah. Like what, <laughs> what kind of question is that, you know? Hey, do you enjoy being tracked all the time? Someone's like, yeah, that's me. Track me down. No, it's 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 a limited. Uh, it's the language, it's the words, and 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 it's not surprising. And just given the options, either yes or no, it's uh, it's there. It's just so easy. But here's where this goes, Will. So okay, we understand. You give people the language, they make the call, and ninety six percent make the choice. You have the likes of Facebook and Google and uh, well, Instagram as a consequence of being part of Facebook and whatever other app that operates or has some sort of revenue structure in this way, mm-hmm. then are that probably aren't just going to sit back and lose 96% of their business. Right. And are going to try to come up with ways. So Facebook has started to, well, here it is over here. Facebook has started to put like a prompt over there trying to convince users that they must enable tracking if they want to help keep Facebook and Instagram free of charge. (laughs) Shots fired. Imagine that notification now. Hmm. That doesn't sound too good for Facebook, to be honest. Not at all. You want want to charge your users? Users that don't trust you? Hey, hey, you want to keep using this right here? You want to keep this free of charge? You want to get that tracking going real quick? No, Mr. Facebook. No, see, that's the thing, though. It's like, we don't mind using the apps for free. Yeah. Right? But we don't ever really want to be face-to-face with the reality of what that means. Because ain't nothing, nothing free ever. Remember that. Mm -hmm. Nothing. You give something to get something. Uh And if you can't see what you're giving... You're the product. There you go. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. So I've been I've been in that mindset for uh you know a long time since early Gmail days. Seeing the ads show up in my Gmail, it's like always reflecting on the fact that these services exist in a in a um, model 
that requires advertising. I mean, it was the same thing when I started on YouTube and then yeah. I got on the other side of it. And I was like, okay, uh, now YouTube advertising, pre-roll and, but you know, that's tapping into what they know about you too, to a certain extent. Yeah, to a certain extent, that is. I saw a hand gesture there. You're getting serious right now. Go ahead, what's the extent, Well, No, it's a gray area, but I mean, you don't want to be tracked like 100%. Hmm. There is like a certain like level to it. You're more of a 30% track type of guy. Sure, why not? <laughs> 30 to 35%, I'm okay with it. Yeah. You track me 35% of the time. On the other 65, I won't be on my sure, own. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, anyways, so they originally claimed this is going to be a manageable situation. Now they're hitting users with that prompt. Now I'm going to go even further here, Will, and say, look, if you're already hitting users with that type of prompt, which is definitely a nasty one to get like hey you want to keep using this for free you better turn that on it makes you seem it seem desperate to a certain extent sure but but the key thing here is it means that they're feeling it and it means that this could have an impact on your online experiences mm -hmm. and here's where i'm going with this you know you could be at the forefront of a of a real a real technological battle. Now, stick with me for a second. Completely speculative right now. But Facebook is not a small company. Google is not a small company. Amazon's not a small company. All these companies outside of Apple have business models that transact in user information, user data. When you start to think about your iPhone, and I'm just, again, I'm just putting this out there, but you try to think of your iPhone without all of those things. Mm -hmm. You start to think about your iPhone, if all the data types get together and say, look, this is, this is uh, having a drastic impact on our business or we don't, want, we don't want to bend over as far as Apple's concerned. You know what I'm saying? So Apple needs to play ball. No, I'm just saying when we're talking about leverage and negotiations. Now, yesterday on the show, we talked about Netflix, how they got to... They had a separate negotiation when it came to App Store and subscriptions through the App Store. And then Epic was pointing out, why did Netflix get special treatment? Well, obviously, at that point, leverage was in there in, mm -hmm. in, on their side. At that point in time, Apple said, you know what, we got to have Netflix. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? But you keep increasingly hearing these things, and it's always Apple involved with it. Because Apple is kind of exclusive as right. far as the mega brands yes. and their position on data. And privacy. But what you do on your iPhone outside of having it is very un-Apple. You go to these sites, yes. you go to these apps. Mm -hmm. So just when people, when I positioned it yesterday, I said, okay, let's say Netflix left. And I'm not saying they're going to do this. And I'm not saying this is easy. And I'm not saying I recommend it. But I'm just doing a little thought experiment. If Netflix leaves iOS do you leave iOS? And a lot of people say, hell no, I can watch other stuff. If Facebook and Instagram leave iOS and Netflix leaves iOS, do you leave iOS? Uh -huh. Okay, let's continue the thought experiment. If Google, Facebook, Instagram, Netflix leave iOS, do you leave iOS? If Amazon, Google, Instagram, Facebook, Epic Games, blah, 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 mm -hmm. decide, you know what? We don't got to be like this. We're going to we're going to uh, make our product like what is is does Apple get into the social media business cuz they try they already got into the content business. Mm -hmm. 
They already said, hey, we'll give you something to watch. We'll prepare ourselves for a potential clash with the other content right. producers that are out there. But some of those other ones that we mentioned are, uh, now they will make compromises because the user base is just so enormous. Sure. And if you're Amazon, for example, you have other ways of making money. And if you're Google, you have other ways of making money. Facebook is obviously the biggest target here. So I'm not saying this is going to happen. But every time that these exclusive positions are taken and um, they're at the expense of these other giants, mm -hmm. there's distance that's created and the potential for friction that's created. Yes. That, okay, we're Apple and we're over here and all y'all are over there. Mm-hmm. And all y'all are guilty, and we're clean. Mm -hmm. You got a problem. You got a problem shouting out across when everybody else is guilty but you. Uh -huh. When you're picture perfect, and they're all terrible. They say, okay, keep calling us terrible. Yeah. Anyway, completely speculative. That's a good point, though. It's comp I'm, just, I'm just goofing around. I'm just thinking out loud. Mm -hmm. uh, the, like I said, it's important to know it's not that easy. This user base is enormous and they got money. We're talking about a billion iPhones out there. We're talking about tremendous revenue through the App Store. None of these brands are seriously considering what I just said. But I'm talking like 10, 20, 30, 50 years. Talking right. long-term planning, zoom out type stuff. Like how, where does the whole thing end up? Yeah. And uh, just a thought experiment. Relax. Just I mean, even for this, Facebook's revenue model has to change too, right? Well, whole business model. Well, they're basically saying it. I mean, it's a threat right now, but they're basically saying if you want to, if you want uh, to keep using Facebook and Instagram free of charge, mm -hmm. and then keep in mind these companies, as if they do truly become more desperate, can go and acquire other companies that run services that you like to use. Dude, R what about Uber? Like Uber Eats and like uh, the the food delivery. Yeah, your phone is your apps. Yeah. Absolutely. I just thought of that because um, what Uber Eats like is really, <laughs> uses tracked data yeah, quite a lot. Yeah, it does. It's a so, little bit intrusive in that way. So yeah. uh, here's the thing. Here, here, Here's the thing. Apple owns the customer because they own the phone. So yeah. the leverage is not equivalent because they could just as easily make the case that, hey, because of the iPhone, because of the app store, people are ordering food. Mm -hmm. Like this is what this is what they're doing with Epic right now. They're saying because of iOS and because of the iPhone, Fortnite blew up. Right. Right. So it it all depends on your perspective on the thing. But I'm just looking at dollars and cents, and I know Apple's an enormous company. But when you pile all those other ones together, if for whatever reason they were able to organize themselves, that's a lot of money too. Yes. I'm looking at it like geopolitical status, like alliances and things and not to say that any of these big companies could really come together like that but actually i have a story coming up which is an example of such a thing hmm. and that's coming up next which is that amazon has partnered with tile so it ain't so crazy uh. what i'm saying is not so crazy hmm. that they're doing battle out there and they're trying to make these alliances and they're trying to target one another i mean it, it obviously happens through acquisitions, through partnerships and arrangements. This is just a partnership, right? Amazon didn't buy Tile. Amazon did not buy Tile. What they did is they granted Tile access to their mesh network. 
for tracking items, which plugs into all the uh, Amazon Echo products that are out there. Hmm. Whatever their smart home stuff that's out there, because one of Tile's main disadvantages against AirTags is the fact that you got a billion iPhones on, out there on the Find My stuff. And, uh, and Tile is like a startup, which, well, they're not, they're eight years old, but they're not tapped in in that way. Their network is only other Tile devices. AirTags network is bigger than even AirTags. Right. By default, just right out the gate because of Find My Phone, Find My iPhone. Wow, this is what a quick, uh, partnership i was talking about it uh two episodes ago yeah i was i said the words amazon i said tile needs to partner with amazon air tags came out like a week or two ago well but it's in it's in development sure, they knew yeah. it was in development so the, the conversations have were ongoing it's not like uh but but you're right it is yeah. as far as putting out the release and making the deal yeah. but it's exactly what i thought what do you do if you're tile you look for a partner that's bigger than you who can now I'm not saying it's gonna work. There's very few uh footprints like Apple's footprints. And you just can't like when we talk about a billion devices, there's a billion what out there. Yeah. As far as smart devices outside of iPhones, a billion what? I guess Android devices would be the other one. They could have partnered with Google, but a lot of speculation already exists that Google will just do their own tracking device. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Amazon partnered with Tile and a smart lock maker level to beef up its mesh network for tracking items. The move will help Tile better compete with Apple, which has over a billion devices on its network for tracking items with new AirTag. So it is some, some type of um, free market uh, warfare going on where sure, it's yeah. like you got to, when the news came out and they first went there and said, we want an uh, even playing field, we want we want Apple to play fair. It's like you can't do anything. You can't do anything. Apple's gonna Apple's gonna do what they're gonna do, and they're gonna deliver for their customers. That's their only responsibility. Mm. So what do you have to do then? Well, you gotta do this. You team up and you try to improve your product through uh, either getting acquired or creating a partnership, as they have done over here. So uh, how this will work is uh, it will enhance. The tracking network for tiles based on Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. And the strength of the number of devices on a given network is key to the accuracy of that network, which is, again, a huge advantage right now for AirTags. So having more devices online that it can ping off gives you a much a higher likelihood of precision finding for the device. Uh, Amazon's partnership will also let it beef up its own tracking network by bringing all these tile devices online. They call that network Sidewalk. So they'll let Tile devices tap into those Bluetooth networks created by those Echo products. This is going to start working on June 14th. So you're right, Will. It's, they're getting it going fast. Mm -hmm. June 14th. Uh, and now you can see you're on a website right now and you see works with Alexa and you see how they're doing the, the, the add-on on the yeah. product purchase page, leveraging... Sure, their yeah. advantage which is shopping it's crazy stuff man it's all yeah. happening and then tile gets pushed up into the you know the find feature absolutely tile can get preferential treatment on the yeah. website it's unbelievable stuff man it's uh, re really complex and really interesting yeah 
Uh, Google, on the other hand, they got their own separate beef going on with Roku, which we talked about. And they pulled up, they pulled a, a 4D chess move, as the, as the uh, kids say or whatever. Do Is they? That, I don't know. Have you heard that before? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe the kids don't say it. Maybe the, maybe, yeah. maybe we say it. Maybe the old men say it. We should start saying it. Well, I'm an old man and I just said it, so therefore I guess that's what it is. Yeah. I guess the old man says it. Yeah. Um they were having trouble with the YouTube TV app. Okay? Yeah. They Roku was like uh no, YouTube was like, here, here's the rules and restrictions we want as far as that. And Roku was like, that's not how the other apps on our platform work. It should be the same as everything else. They had it. There was a disagreement over universal search and some other factors. And uh, the YouTube TV, not the YouTube app, the YouTube TV app, which is a subscription to like traditional TV content, right. but through YouTube, was actually pulled out of the available apps on Roku. If you had it already installed, you could keep it mm -hmm. and keep using it. But if you didn't have it yet, you weren't going to be able to download it until they were able to resolve Right. whatever disagreements they had. Mm -hmm. This did not affect the YouTube-specific agreement, which was the same. Roku had the same deal as all other device manufacturers that want to have a YouTube app, every smart TV, everything like that. So before, Roku had the YouTube app and the YouTube TV app. Bingo. Right. And so they're disputing over the YouTube TV app, and they're renegotiating, and they're saying, we got some leverage, you got some leverage, let's do what we do, let's have a little dance. Mm -hmm. And then Google did the unthinkable. What'd they do? Something cheeky? They just went back in there, and they said, okay, we'll just put the YouTube TV app inside of the YouTube app. Yeah. <laughs> they said, okay, because our, our YouTube app agreement is yeah. still in place. Mm -hmm. And it's suitable for us. And so we're going to take our YouTube TV customers and just have them, they'll have an extra click. They'll just go to the YouTube app and then they'll go to YouTube TV app. Not only that, they went out and said that they are also securing free streaming devices for customers in case talks with Roku completely fall apart. <laughs> That's what they should uh, write when they give off these uh, free devices. You see what I'm saying about scale here, Will? You see what I'm saying about scale? Is you got Roku, a player over here, and they say, hey, man, anti-competition, big bad Google. And Google goes, yeah, you're right, big bad Google. They say, we got, you see that room over there? You see that building over there? Yeah, we got some resources. And your little, your fun little gadget that you sell, you know that little thing? We make money so many different ways sideways that we're going to give that part away. We'll just give them some of those streaming devices. Yeah. Because we make money other ways because of who we are. Like, this is, oh, man. If I'm Roku, I'm in the corner now. Because I'm sitting there saying, oh, dear God, what? who did I wake up right now? Yeah. Who did I, what, what did I get myself involved in? Now, they're going to go the route of saying, here, I'll give you the quote, is the same kind of as before. They're saying... Uh, something they're saying something they're calling google and their latest move and un they're calling google an unchecked monopolist 
criticizing Google's decision to bundle the services together as an example of its predatory business practices. So you know you you know where you end up here. You know where you end up here. When you start seeing those terms, where do you end up? Um, just court. You just end up in a courtroom. You end up with the fancy outfits. You end up with the expensive uh, suits and uh, and uh, fifty thousand lawyers. Sure, yeah. And you end up in front of a judge, and you're trying to make your case. And this is the Apple Epic thing going on right now. And you gotta, but you gotta go up against these the the kind of kind of lawyers are these guys buying. You, you got to go up against the top dogs, man. Yeah. And even even in the case of these companies do have money, Epic does have money, but do you have that kind of money? Apple money. Are you ready to go at this one for a while? Because these things can get dragged out. You want to go for a while on it? Mm-hmm. And so it's a tough spot to find yourself in. Yeah. But uh, that's where it's at right now. So, wow, the whole front end of this show, we went through the, the tech wars. Yeah. The age of the tech wars. Google versus Roku, Apple versus everyone, and uh, Amazon versus Apple, and Tile versus Apple. Mm-hmm. Interesting stuff. Now, Netflix, they fit in to a certain extent, and they are reportedly testing a new service called N+. You know everybody's got to have a plus, right? Yes. You can't not have a plus. We're about to launch Lou later plus. Yeah. You didn't know that. I just let you know right now. Okay. It's all kinds of special. (laughs) (laughs) You can't just shake your head and have me (laughs) shut up. You know that, right? Yeah. I got to at least pretend here for a second. What would happen on Lou later plus behind the scenes? We don't do that. Yes. Behind the scenes. What? uh, You get. First I've ever heard of exclusive uh, <laughs> watch parties and Q and A's. I mean, you know how these things go. Well, uh, yeah, it's all the extra stuff. That's what they do. Sure, That's what yeah. plus means. Yeah. Uh, we could. It's pizza parties. We have pizza parties with the. What do you mean? Like, with the with the Lou later plus subscribers. Oh, okay. We sit around and eat pizza. Sure, okay, yeah. Down with pizza. You wouldn't pay for that? I would. I'll pay for the pizza, don't worry. Um, here's what they say it could include, N+. Playlists, behind-the-scenes production info, and podcasts. Because we need another place to go for podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, listen to this, okay? Netflix, and this is completely early stages right here. So it may never come to reality but they are polling surveying their customers about the potential for this new service it will be an online space where you can learn more about netflix shows and things related to them so maybe the fandom around it too you can imagine like when a show ends and people want to know everything about the next production the next season yeah what's going on and so you go to the m plus community and you get to chat you know Uh about your enthusiasm around a particular show you must have felt that way about a show at one time in your life I mean, you used to have these parties, real-life parties, with the Game of Thrones. You were getting together with other people. I have, yes. <laughs> they were they were great. They were fun. And uh, Can you explain one of these parties to me? Well, there's popcorn involved. Okay. Uh, a couple okay. of friends. Go on. Dim lights. Easy. <laughs> uh, and uh, one giant TV. 
Well, that's important. I mean, for a watch party, <laughs> you need that need that part. Um, what we what we oh, oh would wait like wait to, wait one uh, second yeah. one second my bad I just need to know this one detail sure is talking allowed during the actual show absolutely not no you get kicked out and it's well established yes okay so it's not like a Except sport for, like I guess commercials obviously no you were watching Game of Thrones no commercial was there no I don't remember what do you mean it's HBO I guess not right God no I don't remember it's been a while um but like sporting events on the other hand there's there's chatter. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. and just saying, because normally you get together to watch sporting events, it's a bit, well, for myself, I never did a watch party for a t TV show. Mm -hmm. So, so. But you know what it is though? We have a preamble before and after. Top and then, yeah, the sh when the show starts, everyone is zipped. Top before? Yeah. About what's going to happen, what happened on the previous episode, uh, what might happen this episode. Yeah. Uh, you talk after about what just happened. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen in the next episode? Of course. When you get together again. Yeah. Yeah. But also, um, there's usually like a preview after the show ends or the episode. And then that gets talked about. Yeah. And that would be exclusive content, I guess, if you just keep tuning in. It's an, so. un it's an unbelievable life you lead. You know that? <laughs> well, I think this is a great idea for Netflix. Okay. Right? Because they have a lot of uh, originals. And they can have like behind the scenes mm -hmm. interviews with uh, the the actors and actresses. Kind of cool. How about this to go a step further? Uh. M plus could even be a way for audiences to learn about a planned show pre-production and influence its development with feedback before filming has started. Ooh. You want to do that? What do you mean? Everybody was mad about the way Game of Thrones ended. They were everyone was screaming and yelling. Yeah. And I, guess so. and, and I don't know, because if I'm a filmmaker or if I'm a showmaker, I don't want to hear all this chatter. Yeah. Do I, this, I do that. At one point, if you're like the creator of the show, mm -hmm. director or whatever, someone who's involved, it's like you don't want too many hands into the project. Well, if it, well, if it was like this, though, you're an M plus member. Yeah. And then it's like, we're filming the next season of the show. Mm. And we're considering two di different geographies for where to shoot it. And it's only two options, yeah. and it's a vote for the the best members. That's kind of cool. You feel yeah. like you influenced something, but sure, actually, yeah. creatively, the, whoever was making it was happy with either of those options. Yeah, I guess big uh, big decisions would be kind of cool. Yeah, little micro decisions. No, 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 no. I'll get out of here with all that. A little too much. Anyway, this is just a, a survey at the moment. Whether or not it actually happens uh, remains to be seen. But it's an interesting thing to think about being involved in your content in in that type of way. Mm -hmm. And plus, uh, oh, Elon Musk is about to host SNL uh, tomorrow night, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's a Saturday night thing, right? Mm -hmm. I'm joking. It's called I mean, Saturday it, Night it was Live. It's probably filmed before. <laughs> oh, it's probably filmed. Or is it actually live? Well, it's in the title. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, he said his tweet, which he was taking heat from somebody on the show, he's, he's like, let's find out how yeah. live. So. Saturday night really is, but anyway, he's been he's been um, not auditioning, rehearsing, yeah, already. And so the reporters are following him around and talking to him, and he did a little preview uh, with Miley Cyrus earlier today. But one of the things that came out of one of the questions from the media that was waiting for him to leave, I guess wherever he's staying, 
they asked him about Dogecoin, obviously, because there's all this speculation that Dogecoin is about to explode once he goes on a show, like he's going to wear Doge on a t-shirt or something, and it's going to be the real deal. Uh, What is it? Hovering close to 70 cents right now. (laughs) It just went up like five cents when uh, we started. Yeah. Well, you can see it's about uh, almost 14% on the 24 hour. Yeah. Well, they're hoping for like a dollar. After the uh, after signing a live. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, one of the, you knew the questioning had to be about it. Mm -hmm. And his reply was actually a bit subdued. Which I think is responsible. <laughs> but some people may have hoped for a little more uh, cheerleading. Anyway, he was asked, this 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 guy, by the way, that was talking to him uh, or asking questions was very persistent. So it seemed like he kind of wanted to avoid giving anyone any financial advice as far as crypto is concerned. But the guy was persistent, so he did respond. Question was, do you think Dogecoin could be the next currency for the world? And then he replied, well, there's currently a poll to say what do you want? And the reporter says, I want it to go. I'm in, I'm in. And then Musk says, okay, so then I think it should be the will of the people, you know? Anyway, then the reporter says, I think there's a problem with Doge. There's not a limited number of coins like Bitcoin. Don't you think that's a problem? To which Musk says, uh, yes, people should not invest their life savings in cryptocurrency. To be clear, I think it's unwise. I thought you were going to do the laugh there. Ha-ha. <laughs> ha The Elon laugh? Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, then he, then he goes on to say, but if you want to sort of, you know, speculate and kind of like, I don't know, maybe have some fun, that's a, there's a good chance that crypto in the future is the future currency of Earth. And then it's like, well, which one is it going to be? And maybe it'll be multiple. But it should be considered speculation at this point. Don't go too far on the crypto speculation part. The point is, Dogecoin was invented as a joke, essentially a fun cryptocurrency. And that's why I think there's like an argument like fate loves irony. The most entertaining outcome is what would be the most ironic outcome? That the the currency invented as a joke, in fact, becomes the real currency. And then he goes on to say, well, like I said, don't take too much risk on crypto. So I guess people, it's just the risky part, but he's just being responsible because a lot of people are are listening to what he has to say. He has tremendous influ- influence. And then if people do over, over invest mm-hmm. as far relative to uh, how much they have, yeah. their life savings, let's say, I mean, you don't want to be, you don't want to be involved in something like that. So as excited as you might be personally in his case or whoever it is that's into Doge, there is a responsibility factor about, to the moon and like telling everybody you know to do it. Sure, yeah. As we've seen in the past with hype, anything hype, and I don't want mean to be a downer, but something goes up, something goes down. Mm-hmm. And just especially things that happen quickly. Yes. What's going on with GameStop right now? Just as a, just as a side note, I'm just curious. And in the amount of time we've been talking about Doge, it's up like another few cents. Yeah. GameStop is hanging in there. It's got some uh, spikes. GameStop is actually hanging in there, dude. Yeah. That's pretty wild. kind of leveled out. Pretty wild. But they're actually making changes and shifting strategy. They, they, there's some real intent, yeah. intent over there. But anyway, 
Uh, no, nobody, nobody knows exactly what's going to happen. You can uh, obviously make some money. You can obviously lose some money. That's the moral of the story. And so he just put the disclaimer in there. I wouldn't make too much of it. If I had to guess, if you force me to go on the record right now, I say it goes up even more after the appearance. But what happens beyond that? And by the way, none of this. Are you, are you a financial advisor? Did I just give it financial advice? No, I'm taking, I'm putting it out there with a billion disclaimers that, like everybody else, I have no idea. But uh, this will be a very high profile opportunity for the currency if he does decide to go that route. He may steer clear of it. He may just decide. Yeah. I'm not going to, I don't want to. But keep an eye out though for it. Just well, to definitely. see the fluctuation. I'm sure there's going to be. Well, that's the other thing is that people may, if something doesn't happen that people want to happen with further rise, they may feel, okay, now's the time this big event took place and it didn't go or stay. And so I'm about to bail. And then yeah. you can have people jumping off the train as well. Right. That's how the hype train works. So, I mean, we don't need to explain this. Anybody who's goofing with this stuff knows this. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. But just like Will says, like Elon says, uh, Take it easy out there. Don't put don't put it all. On, never put it all on the line. No. Eh, maybe not. Never. <laughs> Financial advisor over here. Twitter has added a tip jar functionality. Uh, did you experience this at all? Did you uh, see this happen? I didn't see it happen. I just read about it. on your it. own Twitter account. You didn't no. get the prompt. Okay, so I got the prompt on the Twitter account to enable it. Okay. And um, well, it's actually a little bit controversial. First of all, they talked about this a while back. They obviously are interested on, in capitalizing on the fact that many people now are paying other people for content that they want. Maybe not necessarily on Twitter, but on other platforms. And Twi Twitter's sitting there saying, okay, uh, we can take a piece of this and maybe our users want it or we'll use it. What's the split? 70-30. And is this something you have to enable as a creator? Let's ver. Can we verify that? Uh, let me verify the seventy thirty Twitter tip. Seventy thirty. I want to be sure about it. Uh, Twitter tip jar. Uh, I'm sure they would have to list that somewhere. I don't know where I heard. Oh, here we go. Will be gradually increased from. Wait a second. From 30 to 50 over the next couple of weeks? Hang on a minute. Is that real? Um, important stuff right here. Twitter today confirmed earlier reports it's testing a new tw uh, tip jar feature. Tip jar, easy way to support your favorite content creators. Uh, for, for now, those using Twitter in English will be able to send a tip. And the profiles that have it enabled will show the tip jar icon on their profile page. In addition to the above, Android users will be able to send money via Twitter's Clubhouse competitor spaces. So you can tip while you're watching someone on a space, hmm. which is kind of an interesting uh, implementation. But actually, why did this article say 30 to 50? Um, we're going to have to look this up after the fact, or someone's going to have to put it in the comments, but I believe it was 70-30. But the point being here, you have a way of interacting with your favorite content creators. If you think their tweets happen to be worth it, you can uh, send a tip. Now, one thing that uh, stood out to me right away was the integration of the Cash App. Because 
this is another project, Jack Dorsey project. So he's got the he's got Twitter and he's got Square and he and he's got Cash App, which is I believe part of Square. And that was just one of many options, but it was in there. So you had the Cash App as a method for potentially sending a tip. You had PayPal, which is the most controversial because of something <clears throat> we're going to showcase here in a second. You had uh, Venmo. You had Bandcamp, which is kind of like Patreon for musicians and things. Like maybe you want to tip a musician you really like easily via Twitter. So there's a few different options in there. Now, PayPal, the problem with PayPal is by default, it was configured. Now on PayPal, you can either send money as a friend or you can send money for a service or a product. It was configured service or product. Now, normally when you're buying a product from somebody, you want to give them your address so they can ship that product to you. Uh, <laughs> Definitely not when you're sending a tip. Right. But because it was enabled in that fashion, people who started sending tips via PayPal realized that they were actually sending their entire address as well to these users they were tipping, mm. which obviously is not a thing you would want. This uh, individual, Rachel Toback, discovered it, sent a few uh, tips, and then was like, whoa, that's my whole address right there. Yeah. She was doing it in order to determine if that was... Right. So she sent it to a trusted individual who could handle such information. I'm guessing this is based off... So she paid a dollar, mm -hmm. and then PayPal got 33 cents. That's wild. Yeah. So I'm guessing like there's fees involved too. It's like sixty sixty or sixty six and then thirty three. Like in terms of uh, Well, what's weird about what that is get. is it looks like oh you receive but that's the PayPal statement. The fee I would presume is pay like PayPal's gotta get their piece too. Right. Is that is the fee the uh I don't think so. Payment? I don't think so. I think Twitter's piece is coming off the sixty seven. Oh. I don't know, man. Everybody, look at that. How many ways that things got to get split up? Yeah, that's confusing. It is a little confusing because it's crypto like... Crypto will solve all of this. <laughs> well, and, and some of these applications do have crypto options right. for sending payments, but they still going to take their fees. I guess so, yeah. They're still transaction fees. Yeah, they're still going to take their fees because it's not going to be crypto to crypto. Anyway, yeah. um, I'm, I'll be interested to see how people actually put this to use. I'm sure there are applications where it makes sense. A lot of people think there ain't no tweet I'm ever going to pay for, but there's other things that happen on the platform, uh, other types of content that can be shared. And there are some individuals that could create business models around this thing. I'm sure. I just don't know what it is yet, but it also raises certain ethical questions. I know reading through this article, some journalists were a little uh, raising some concerns around manipulation mm. that you would... I don't know, be able to bribe, easily bribe people or something like that. Right. But I guess you could do this stuff anyways. That's the other part of it. It's like, wait, so this is just a shortcut to a PayPal sure, button. Yeah. Like we can easily exchange money in all kinds of already convenient ways. Yeah. It just, I guess, took one click away from it and mm -hmm. and uh, advertise the fact that it that you can send me money right on the page. So is this something that you enabled? I you know what I enabled it, but then what happened? I clicked on the PayPal thing. I'll tell you right now what happened. Here we go. Um, where was it? This so is I mean, riveting stuff right here. Technically, I can send you like. Do you see dollar. it right now on my account? Do you see the tip jar? I feel like I enabled it, but I don't think I attached an actual payment medium. 
once I got to the point of, um, I don't see it. It's it supposed to be on your page here. I think it is. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look for it off the thing. But I think I sort of, I got to the semi point of enabling such a thing, and then. I bailed at the last second as I realized, well, let me edit my profile. Tip jar, there it is. It should be on, on Unbox Therapy. Allow people to directly send you tips. The tip jar will appear on your profile when you've entered at least one third-party service username. Okay, so I didn't connect a payment yet. And it should be like, what, here or something? It is going to be around there. So there's Bandcamp, Cash App, Patreon, PayPal, and Venmo are the options. I have not attached any of those, so... Uh, it's not showing up right now, but once I do, then you'll see the tip jar. Yeah. And uh, I guess we could figure out the fees by then. We'll figure it out. We'll send you send me a dollar and we'll see sure. what happens and, and we'll get to the bottom of it before the next episode. How about that? Sure. We're going to get to the bottom of this. But anyway, there you have it. Send each other a few pennies. Uh, Reebok is reviving a classic style, the OG pump. Look at that thing. You remember this sneaker, Will? Yeah, vaguely. It's been so long. The giant basketball pump I just in the tongue. The big pump. That's right. Well, this one was uh, famous for being uh, featured in the 1991 Slam Dunk contest. Uh, D Brown, the player, was wearing it, and he did a dunk where he covered his eyes. Oh yeah. Uh, D Brown, I think so. Yeah. But I, he he may have had another dunk where he pumped the shoe before he dunked. Oh. No, oh yeah, there it is, a no-look dunk. Yeah, okay. Well, he did it a few times. This is not Deep Brown. Oh, it is. You're right, that is. He relives the no-look dunk from 1991 dunk contest. Let's see, what, what sneakers he wearing? Oh yeah, he's got the pumps on. Check it out. Yeah. Anyway, Reebok has been having some issues trying to figure out what, what they're going to do because they used to be part of Adidas and then they became solo again and they're trying to revive the whole thing. And so they're going retro over here, as you can tell. And the pump is one of the more iconic Reebok moments. And it actually fills up the tongue with air. That's a, that's a, yes. a real thing that happens with this particular Do you, sneaker. Have you ever tried these? I'm sure I own pumps at one point. But like you, for some reason, it's erased from my memory. Yeah. But I'm sure I, it used to be a thing where kids would try to pop. Yeah. The membrane inside the pump or something. If I or recall. just like over pump it. Over pump. So you don't get any circulation in your. Yeah. Feet. Anyway, so uh, yeah, there, you got a leather and mesh material, uh, TPU midfoot mold, and uh, embroidered hexalite logo, which is the cushioning that's inside the sneaker. They're going to be available at select retailers May 21st for 140 bucks if mm -hmm. you want to. Relive, go retro with it. Remember, we were talking recently about pizza vending machines, and I was getting all fi fired up. I was like, cool, robots and pizza, my favorite things. Well, they put one of these pizza vending machines, not the one we talked about, but they put one of them in, in this spot in Italy, in, in Rome. Was it in Rome? Yes. Anyway, yeah, in Rome. And you can't, you can't be doing this in Rome. Well, I just got to be honest with you right now. Is that offensive? Will, you ever been to Rome before? <laughs> no, I haven't. I would love to. You know what country Rome is in? I believe it's in Italy. You think Italy knows anything about pizza? Just anything at all? Mm. <sighs> yeah. Sheesh. 
You come is with this a, really that offensive? You come with a pizza. You come yeah. with a pizza vending machine into Italy, and you think it's all gonna go well? Uh, who invented this? Is, uh, it, is it Italian? This one's called Mr. Go Pizza. <laughs> uh. Recently installed in Piazza Bologna. In three minutes, it cooks four different types of pizza, costing from $5.40 to $7.20. After the machine kneads the dough, it adds the toppings. Customers can watch their pie cook behind a small glass window. I mean, that sounds cool and fun, but you know they put in a tourist location. They're trying right, to get yeah. everybody who's not actually a sure. local and doesn't know about that real pizza. Mm-hmm. But... We got some quotes in here from local Italians. Are you ready? They're like, burn it to the ground. <laughs> here we go. The reviews range from acceptable, if you're in a hurry, to outright horror. Mm. It's okay, but it's not pizza, said Naples native Fabrizia Pugliesi. And yeah. I don't know if you know about Naples, but that's... that's I heard that's like the best pizza, pizza joint. Capital. Like area. Pizza capital, man. Uh, no messing around with pizza over there. Okay. Uh, let's see. It looks good, but it's much smaller than in a restaurant, and there's less topping. All right. Uh, Gina, another pensioner who declined to give her name, called the whole concept terrible. Pizza really needs to be eaten hot immediately. This doesn't work for me. He's so <laughs> He's upset. Very uh, full on. <laughs> Full-on analysis over there. Yeah. Like, he's not going to just take a bite of anything. This he guy's seems, serious. Yeah, he seems to know his pizzas. The machine's location isn't doing it any favors either. Down the road, there's a Napolitano restaurant that uses a brick oven. Right. You know? And here's another one. I wouldn't even think of eating a pizza made by a machine. That's Giovanni Campagna. Yeah. 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 So, look. It's... You can't be bringing this thing to Rome. Yeah, why did they put it there? Like they could put it anywhere in the world. Yeah. Well, like I said, they're trying to try and capitalize on a on a tourist. They're coming through looking. They're like, oh, look at that. We're in Italy. Let's have a pizza. And they don't know oh, the vending machine. And they don't know the difference. So you know. And they're in a hurry. Yeah. So I'm sure the pizza's not actually that bad. It's just if you ever talk to Italians about food, now I feel somewhat, you know. My my mom's side of family is all quite Italian. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when you had conversations about food with the, well, at least in my experience, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a level of seriousness around food, food selection, ingredient selection. Where did it come from? Show me the badge. Who grew it? What uh, style is it? You can't be eating that. That is wrong. Like, it's like rules to the degree and the varieties and just the food awareness and origin and around cheese and wine and and mm-hmm. pizza would fall in there as well. Yeah. So I'm just saying it's a tough crowd. Yes. When you come with your robot machine. It doesn't change the fact that I find it to be fun, but yeah. it definitely cannot and probably will not compete with the real deal for a long time yeah if ever i think it's just ill placed pizza mister go (laughs) (laughs) all right this is far from naples pizza subway's got a new sandwich and i didn't even hear about it oh 
What? Oh, I thought you were going to bring this up to Vin yesterday. But oh, I guess um, you read it today. You feel like I'm a day late on it? Yeah. Don't worry. He would have loved to be here. He would have had. It, he would have definitely had a take on it. He's Mr. Subway. He would know something about it. Yeah. We'll ask him next time. We'll get the Subway-related stories. We'll save them up for Vin's appearances. For sure, yeah. Subway has a new, uh, a new melt-style sandwich, which okay. they're, they're offering, I guess, three variations of it. Tuna, ham, and steak, all right? The way this works, it's way more cheese than usual. That's the difference. And the whole thing is obviously toasted, as you can see here yeah. in the photo. That's the difference. And you can, so you can order these if you're looking for something a little bit more, uh, I don't know, decadent. You're just having a cheesy feeling. However, it's a controversial sandwich. And the reason being is because the subway operators are saying this is unsafe making it. It's got so much cheese, they say it's a hazard. Why? That's a lot of hot cheese. Oh, they would burn themselves. You can't be handling all that hot cheese oozing out the side. Yeah, you need special gloves. <laughs> too, too much Subway's cheese. new sandwich melts are a hazard to those making them and to the equipment they're made in, says North American Association of Subway Franchisees. They came together and said, what are we doing with all these melts? The head office told us we got to be making these melts. They're advertising these melts. I can't. I'm trying to make these things. It's a mess. Yeah. Too many charred hands. Well, that's what they're saying. At least at least the official group is saying such a thing. It seems like the main complaint, however, is that it's causing damage to their toaster ovens as the cheese melts off and I guess it's oh, trapped right, yeah. in there or whatever. If you've ever seen the way they toast it. Yeah. Uh, I guess it can get kind of messy with all the cheese going on, so... Oh, I guess Subway disagrees. What do you think, Will? Can you eat all that cheese? Uh, I would have to prepare myself. It's a lot of cheese, it looks uh -huh. like. Yeah. It's more cheese than a pizza right there. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyone who's tried the melt, let me know down in the comments if it's worth it, worth the hazard. But who knows? This thing may be very limited time if the what? Association of Franchisees puts it to bed. What was the uh, ingredients? Did you say tuna and beef? Not together. I'm saying you can oh, get those. Or beef. You can get those three subs meltified. Oh, but so, they're not like combined. No, no, no. Right? Okay. no God, yeah. no. Oh. So you can get the one you're looking at in this photo is steak. Right. Yeah. But you can get a melt version of the ham sub, or you can get a melt version of the tuna sub. Hmm. Okay. Out of those three, what are you going for? By the way, I'll go. I'll go for the steak. Okay. Steak and cheese is always a good. Sort thing. of goes together, yeah. doesn't it? Okay, maybe that's why that's in the photo. All right, last one of the day. Four-year-old boy buys $2,618 worth of SpongeBob popsicles on Amazon. Oh. That amounts to, by the way, you're probably trying to do the math yourself right now. That's 51 cases. That's 918 popsicles. Now, he was on his mom's... Uh, Who's on his mom's Amazon account? You know how easy it is to be ordering stuff over there. Well, yeah, the one click. You're just clicking away. Uh huh. And next thing you know, you got 51 cases of melted. Yeah, where are you gonna put them? That's the trouble with a popsicle. Yeah. Like you don't have a freezer space for that. So you're in big. <laughs> well, I don't think they're gonna store it. It's already done, right? Like. What you mean? Well, like they're not like if it's delivered to the door, mm. they're not automatically gonna store it. They're going to be like, what the heck? Why did I order so much? Well, I believe that the packaging is going to insulate, be like, keep it somewhat cold. 
Right. If yeah. you're ordering popsicles. Sure, yeah. Yeah, so that's step one. But as far as after it's been dropped off, what you're going to do with it? Because yeah. cause this, because by the way, this is not, you don't sign for this one. This is just left at your door. You may come home from work and all I of a sudden see, yeah. you see the cases sitting there. But I don't think, I think they're going to have to pack them in such a way that's not going to melt right away, I would guess. Sure, yeah, like but, groceries, right? Exactly, yeah. they have a special box. Yeah. But that said, you got to figure out quick what you're going to try to do with... <laughs> Uh, over 900 popsicles you got to start walking up and down the neighborhood but more importantly yeah you can't make a deal with amazon they're not about to take popsicles back especially if they're melted exactly yeah so you're kind of doomed on that if he had ordered something that wasn't perishable you may have had an opportunity so anyway it turns out that uh the mother who is a social work student at nyu she doesn't have the cash for this either and so she was trying to sort something out with Amazon, but was kind of panicking, went to GoFundMe and said, look, I know this is cute, but really, I, I don't have this 2700 yeah. To which people that love the story came through and actually donated. It's, at, it's sitting at 12983 at the moment, almost... <laughs> Almost 30. I mean, he's happy. He got the one. You see, he got one, yeah. He got the one. Now, obviously, this is an accident. I mean, he didn't... You could say, hey, you got to be more careful on this one, but... Right. But it's an accident that... It, and and even him, he probably didn't want 918. He probably didn't need 9. He probably just kept clicking. He's like... Sure, I, yeah. He's probably like, I need these SpongeBob to show up. He keeps clicking. He's like, not here yet. <laughs> when am I going to get it? <laughs> no, I mean, he's four years old, Will. You know? The more you click... It doesn't really help. No, he thinks it speeds it up as yeah. you, you you keep on uh, clicking through. Anyway, point being, she got, she's got she got help. It's going to be okay. And who knows, maybe some kids on the street got some free SpongeBob yeah. popsicles. Why not? 